Hi everyone, welcome to Purpose RP podcast. My name is Parsa Pekar. I'm a psychotherapist, professor, and author, and your podcast host. In this episode, our topic will be the influence of purpose. And throughout the show, we'll be answering the question of what is the influence and impact of purpose in our lives and the world around us. As what we've done in the past through our episodes, we divide the show into three parts, where first we have a book review, which is related to the topic. Then we'll have a special guest who will share their opinion on the subject. And lastly, I'll always have one of my students on the show who will express their opinion on the topic of the episode. For this topic, I have chosen the book, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, which has so many great lessons about the purpose and finding our true inner calling. So first, I just wanna give a little summary about the book. Then I'll provide some valuable lessons that we can learn from it. And lastly, we're going to talk about some practical steps that we can apply to our own lives based on those lessons. So the alchemist follows Santiago, who's a shepherd boy, as he embarks on a journey toward discover a hidden treasure. And along the way, he learns about the importance of pursuing his personal legend, listening to his heart and overcoming obstacles. In the book, the term personal legend, we can also define it as purpose. And it's one of the main theme of this book. And the novel explores the idea that everyone has a unique purpose in life and that the journey to fulfilling that purpose is transformative. And it's something that we all need to seek in our own personal lives. Santiago's experience in the book serves as a metaphor of the challenges and joys where one encounters on the path to discovering and living out the true purpose. So the book Alchemist by Paul Coelho is very rich with lessons related to finding and fulfilling one's purpose. And that's one of the main reasons I've chosen this book for today's show. And to just discuss some of the key lessons, I just want to briefly mention and give you some explanation for each. So the first, and probably that's the main message and the theme of the book, is discover your personal legend. So again, the concept of the personal legend is central to the book and which is basically our true purpose or calling in life. And Santiago's journey is about discovering and pursuing his personal legend and the novel encourages readers to do the same. The second lesson is listening to your heart. And when we're talking about this point, Santiago we see how he often relies on his heart and intuition to guide him on his journey. And the novel emphasizes the importance of listening to one's inner self and intuition when seeking and following one's purpose. There is a quote that I always talk about in my class when I uh, talk about purpose, vision, and intuition. And it says, follow your heart, but take your brain with you. 
And I do believe they both have such an important part in our life. So the way I see intuition is something that arises in our heart and is the vision we are seeing. But the mind and the brain is the part that we need to plan and make logical decisions to get there. Third is about overcoming obstacles. So pursuing your purpose may come with challenges and obstacles. And we see how Santiago Ferry says numerous trials on his journey, which illustrate overcoming adversity as part of fulfilling one's purpose. The fourth lessons in the book talks about how to recognize signs, signs and omens. So this is something in the book and I have my own idea regarding that. So I want to express that and then also mention how this relates to the book. I do believe when we are in the right path, which is we are on the path towards our purpose, we tend to find things that are helpful and help us to be where we want to be. And I see those as signs. So the book talks about how uh, we need to recognize signs and omens that guide individuals toward their destiny. And paying attention to them is crucial in aligning with one's purpose. The fifth talks about the language of the world, which Santiago in the book learns about the language of the world, which is a universal language that connects everything. And understanding this language allows individuals to communicate with the world and move closer to their purpose. I believe when we talk about this language, what we are really talking about is understanding that everything in our world is interconnected. And there is an actually practice where uh, in Buddhism they have it, and it's based on the concept that nothing has a separate self or identity by itself. For example, when we look at a flower, we have the notion that that's a flower. Well, when we look deeper, we look at the sun inside, we can see the water that you know made that flowers the way it was. We see the soil, everything. So all of those make the flower, which looks independent, but at the same time, it composes of so many different elements. The next point talks about how dreams can be a path to purpose. So the novel suggests that dreams are not just fleeting thoughts, but can be a guiding force toward one's purpose. And as we see in Santiago's recurring dream, they all serve as a catalyst for his journey. I think something important to recognize when we're talking about dreams, there is a difference between having just a thought or daydreaming and the actual dream or goal. I think one is just something you have in your mind and you just, there are a lot of I wish or it's just fleeting, right? But when you put an action to it and when you plan for it, that's when that daydream can turn into a dream or a goal for you. The next point talks about how to embrace the journey. So the process of pursuing one's purpose is as important as the destination. And we'll see how Santiago's journey is filled with valuable experiences and lessons that contribute to his personal growth and understanding of his purpose. I would say this is the key lesson in the book 
I don't want to spoil the whole book because I want you to read it for yourself. But we understand through this book how as humans, we search everywhere for our purpose. But at the end is what we find within ourselves. That's where our true purpose relies. And the way I always look at this and tell people is when we look at a tree, when we recognize that the purpose and the potential of the tree was eventually in a seed, right? So everything was already inside of that little seed. And when we put that in the soil, we water it, etc. It turns out to this big tree, which can produce fruits, etc. But in that little seed, we can find out a tree or a lot of trees. So that's something to have in mind that our purpose is fine within ourselves. And many times, or I would say all the time, it is directed towards service of others. So the energy and the purpose we have, it goes outside. And that's how it's fulfilled. And last point is how personal growth can be possible through challenges. You know, Santiago faces challenges that force him to grow and evolve. And the novel teaches that challenges are not hindrance, but opportunities for personal development on the path to fulfilling one's purpose. Okay, so we go, we gone over eight lessons from this book, which I do believe if we apply them and understand them, we can really get to know our purpose and be something that we can certainly be good at it. So now I would like to apply these lessons into our day-to-day life and see how these principles can work in the path of our self-discovery and toward our purpose. So the first step is to identify our personal legend. So as we talk about in the book, the personal legend is another definition for our personal purpose. So what we can do is to reflect on our passions, talents, and aspirations. And some good question we can ask ourselves is, what activities make us lose track of time? That can be a way to find out your passion. What brings us joy? What can we do to help others that can also be beneficial to us? And we we feel that we are enjoying it as well. When we identify these elements, we can begin to kind of understand our personal legends and we can start to make lists of our goals and see what we truly want to achieve in life and start making actions day by day. That's the most important part. The second step is to listen to our intuition. Uh, it's important to practice mindfulness and self-awareness because that's when we are able to hear our true deepest thoughts, when we are mindful, when we are aware. And we want to take every day uh, to listen to our inner voice, be able to trust our instincts. But as I mentioned earlier, we want to take our brain with us. And either it's about our career, relationship, or personal choice, we want to pay attention to our intuition, which can guide us into the right direction. This is very important because, of course, we're talking about purpose, but this can also apply, as we mentioned, in our career, relationship, and many times we have those. Like, let's say we are in a relationship that we are not happy with or whatever the reason is. Most of us can feel it in our heart that there is something, there needs to be change to be made. And when we listen, even though sometimes it can be challenging, 
after that, we feel such a relief about that. Third is to set small goals. So we want to break down our larger goals into smaller, which can be manageable, right? So this makes the journey more achievable and make our dream more real, right? As we talked about earlier and allows us to celebrate small victories along the way. We saw how Santiago's journey in the novel is a series, series of small steps leading to the fulfillment of his personal legend. Fourth is to learn from challenges. You know, through these episodes uh, of Influence series, we've been talking a lot about how to reframe our thoughts and use words or thinking that can help us to deal with situation in a positive way rather than negative. And this is one of the way we can do it by seeing challenges. Instead of seeing them as obstacles, we can view them as opportunities for growth. This is what reframing means, that we take a situation. So we want to embrace the lessons they bring. When we face with difficulties, we want to ask ourselves, what can we learn from this experience? And do a self-reflection. That can be one of the most important things we can do. Fifth, we want to pay attention to signs. We want to be mindful. Again, the mindfulness come into being and see the opportunities around us. So when we're talking about signs, many times it's, as we mentioned, when we are on that right path, we start to see things working for us, right? Sometimes even effort without any effort. And it feels such a great, it's such a great feeling to feel that way that you are in this position and in this journey that you don't even have to make that much effort for things to happen, right? It feels very natural. So we want to be mindful of that and take advantage of that, of those opportunities. It can be the people we meet. It can be the, you know, unexpected events that come up. And I think many of it goes back to the previous lessons of how we can see and reframe our thoughts and situations. The sixth step we can do is we can create something like a you know, vision board or something that we can look or hear positive messages that help us to stay on the path. So when we you know, hear or see uh, images of us succeeding, it's a way for us to get used to that success, right? That's one of the main points of doing that. And this is something that many professional athletes are encouraged to do to make those mental images of themselves performing well and to the perfection. So when we get to that game or to the practice, etc., they can now experience that in the reality. So that can be such an important thing. So we want to put things that are related to our personal legend, seeing ourselves in that position, and that can certainly help us to get there. Seventh step is to practice gratitude. So we want to regularly express gratitude for the positive aspects of our life. And what it does is gratitude makes and fosters a positive mindset, which is essential for us to stay focused on our purpose. So in these cases, a gratitude journal can help or we can start with the people around us, right? Those who help us. If we truly see someone is doing something for us, we take a moment and say thank you in our own way. It can be in our words, 
can be through a text, letter, whatever that is. But make sure you practice that into your day-to-day -day activity. The next is to embrace the journey. So we want to appreciate the present moment and the steps you're taking toward your goals. It's one thing to have a goal, and I do believe that's important, which is future oriented, but at the same time, we want to be present, right? Because that's when we see the opportunities. That's when we enjoy the journey. And eventually when we get to goals, to our goals, that's when we enjoy that goal too in the present moment. And the next two steps is we want to be on the journey of continuous learning. We want to make sure that we take lessons from various mentors, experiences. I mean, nowadays we don't have any excuse on how to learn things with all the technology that we have available with the podcast, with having different seminars, etc., or the people who are like mentor to us, which also connect us to the next and last point, which connect to the like-minded people surround yourself with people who inspire and support your journey and your goal, who believe in you, share your goals if you feel comfortable and if you feel they're supportive and join communities with similar interests. I do believe like how in this book, Santiago made a journey and went all over the world and at the end, find his treasure and personal legend within himself we can do the same and we can start looking inside of ourselves to find what is meaningful for us and what is our true calling. Please stay in tune because soon we're going to hear from our guests on the show and our student who's going to share their perspective on the influence of purpose. Okay, now I have my guest, Jessica. Jessica, welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. Please give one value that's important to you and why. One value would have to be, gosh, give me an example of value because there's so many different kinds. Sure, values can be purpose, can be, you know, authenticity, uh, can be community, family. Mm -hmm. So something that you value basically oh. as a person. I would definitely say I'm very big on family, important, regardless of your friends, regardless of like all your like people that you know in your life, your family will always be there no matter what. That is very true. Yeah. So your family is from Michigan. Yeah. And how long have you been here in Los Angeles? I've been in LA since 2010. 2010. Feels like it was yesterday. <laughs> Got yeah. so fast. And you came so by fast. yourself? I came by myself. I just did this reality show on VH1 called Real Chance of Love, a dating show. And I got to the final end of that show, I, you know, the final girls or whatever. And then I wanted to use that 15 minutes of fame to come to LA to like network and like be around celebs and like use the celebrity that I had at the time to like get in different rooms. Interesting. So we're going to get into that because, you know, today we're covering the topic of influence of purpose. Mm -hmm. And the question we are trying to answer is how do you think, you know, our purpose can impact and influence us and the world around us? And I know you are a designer and you do shoe designing, right? And you have your own brand. So is that how it started originally where you took that reality show and then that kind of contributed you to start 
Yeah, pretty much. I basically, once I, I love the way that fame felt and I was like, oh my God, I know I want to be famous for a living. <laughs> so after being on TV, I'm like, oh my God, I, I'm not on TV anymore. Like, what are we going to do? So I came to LA and I was trying to do more TV stuff. So I basically came here. I was trying to be like an actor and then I tried to be a host and I was trying to like have like a show like on TV, like for like news anchoring or like, that was my whole focus is trying to do that. Like what you're doing, interviewing me, I want to interview people. So I just started my own reality, no, sorry, my own YouTube channel interviewing different celebrities. And I was trying to get that picked up by a network, but it never happened. In the midst of that, I started my own online store and then I started selling clothing from there. Mm. yeah so do you think that was like when we talk about purpose you feel like designing shoes was part, like big part of that or you what would you say is your purpose in life my purpose now now that I people now that I've been doing this I think my purpose is to make people look good <laughs> honestly like I you know from a very young age I got best dressed in high school and I come from no money single parent two you know I have two kids and we didn't have like a ton of money to spend on clothing, but my mom used to know how to like dress us very well. Like my grandma, like see how she styled at 83 years old? Like, and she put this together herself. Like, like we just always had this fashion flair about us. And I think people were like, oh my God, you look so good. Like, where'd you get that from? I'm like, it's from Kmart. It's from like Ross. It's never expensive. It's just how you put it together. So now fast forward, the shoe company, it's nothing that I you know ever envisioned on doing. It was like, clothing transition to shoes but I think now my purpose is like making sure people look good because everyone's mm -hmm. like oh my god just your style's great and I'm like I just woke up like <laughs> I literally woke up with you on a shirt but we'll get thanks <laughs> I appreciate the compliment but yeah so you feel that's the your slogan yeah you to make... look good and feel good yes <laughs> mm -hmm. look the best you can ever look <laughs> you know they always say dress that when you want to be addressed do you think that's true very true very very true like mm -hmm. it's so different let's just say like okay so okay. I'm single right so like if a guy comes up to me and like I look down and his shoes are like great and his nice male beds and he like takes care of his beard, he's very manicured. That means he, you know, he deserves a girl who has the same caliber of. But if a girl comes up to him and she's like, hasn't slept in days, looks terrible, why does she think she deserves a guy like that? You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. have to like match your your energy and what you want in life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Since we're on that topic, do you think Jessica, like for like, you know, certain professions, I think have certain dress codes. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in that or do you think outside the box? I mean, living in L.A., coming from, so I used to live in New York. So I went from mm. to New York, New York to L.A. Being in New York mm. and seeing guys in suits every day or just women dressed up every day. That's the energy there because that's fashion. Yeah. L.A., I've had to learn that, you know, it's more laxed here because of the weather and all that. But there's still a way you still have to be presented. I don't care if you're a nurse you still have to like bring yourself a certain way but it doesn't matter what field you're in you should always look the par for sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and do you think that looks different for people or yeah it has their own style yeah like it's like for you i can't see you in a suit money through friday mm -hmm. night five you're gonna be like you look very you still have a button-up shirt you still have your shirt you still have your own like style but you still make sure you're presentable well because you're working in beverly hills right right yeah you wouldn't go to work in like scrubs mm -hmm. <laughs> or living in your classroom mr child you can't right right yeah. and also you know my profession re i mean not requires but it makes me dress certain way yeah your teacher right yeah, yeah so that's part of it or being a you know psychotherapist mm -hmm. there's certain design for example if i went a t-shirt or something i don't think anyone would probably come to me i'd be like uh <laughs> are you are you okay <laughs> are you awake yeah. yeah yeah i agree for sure so Jessica, let's say someone wants to follow your path. What would you suggest in that way if from scratch, like zero? From scratch. You know, it's funny. I just launched my own masterclass. It's called Jessica Rich, the masterclass. 
And it's literally me teaching you how to build a brand from ground up. It's my play-by-play -play secrets from how to find factories, production, how to source materials, how to build your Instagram page, how to work with influencers, celebrities, stylists, like everything you need to know how to build a brand. It's on my masterclass. It's uh, jessicarichmasterclass.com. And literally it's like anyone who has a vision of anything, just start. I mean, don't get scared about how much money you don't have to invest. I started my brand with a thousand dollars, literally. Mm. And um, it's all about just getting started. That's the first part. Once you get started, everything else flows after that. You just believe in yourself too, for sure. So you feel money, it's not like an issue when no, it comes. Not in today's age. Like if I had to say like 10 years ago, 20 years ago before Instagram was a thing, yeah. yes. But now I can literally launch, I'm opening a coffee shop, by the way. I'm gonna, you are? Yeah, I'm obsessed with coffee. Mm. And it's not the obsession of the drink. It's the obsession of going there every single day. It's the only time that I have to myself every day that I'm like, Rusa for an hour, you know, like just go there, sit, chill. But there's nowhere in LA that has a cool vibe. So I'm going to create a cool coffee shop with a great vibe just for the experience. What, I'm, what I mean by this is like when you start a brand, Even if it's just coffee, it's the experience you get with it. And it's easy to market things now and build brands off of social media now. If you use your influencers yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. You know, they always talk in industrial and organizational psychology that people buy things because of their feeling. Mm -hmm. So it's about the experience they have, mm -hmm. not really about the coffee or the quality, you know, or the quality of it. No. Yeah, they don't care at all. So this cup, it's like, okay, everyone has this cup. We said they wrote this, like this is... No, it has. It should have like a thing. It should be cute. It should be. It just, yeah, it makes it different. You know. Yeah, yeah. You should get like a feeling. That, yeah. That you want to have it. Yes. You, know? you want to take a my own. My own is, is you want to take a picture of it. If you can't, if you don't want to take a picture of it, it's not that good. Everyone mm. should always be like, oh, I'm gonna look at this. Look at the mom. Do you see this? Look at this coffee cup. That's what you want. If you're not creating that, then you're not doing good enough. Yeah, I think with social media, as you mentioned, now you don't really need money to start something no it's more about the influence that you want to have yeah there's dropship options there's not even buy stock and it ships out later there's so many ways to start companies now but i'm thinking for example in your field right jessica where especially in los angeles or new york as you mentioned a lot of people you know are into fashion and you know they like to you know produce a brand or you know develop it How can they differentiate? Do you think it's the feeling that you have to give to people or? It's consistency, honestly. But think about like my career, it's just consistency. Like you can't like say, oh, I gave the coffee to the person they didn't post. Okay, we'll try the next 15 people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't stop there, you know, mm -hmm. keep going. And once you keep going, then the world will catch on after that. You can't wait for like, you can't hear a no one like You get like discouraged you have to keep going like i give up product every single week every single day to girls influencers we have to come in every day mm. act, because the more you're out there you can't ever get rid of like the feeling of oh just great you're gonna ever forget about me mm. <laughs> yeah. but don't you also think you have to be unique in a certain way because i'm just thinking about my own field right mm -hmm. like there are a lot of people who graduate from our field as therapists psychologists mm -hmm. But, you know, what is recommended, and I tell my students, is to find a niche that works for you mm -hmm. and focus on that. So you don't want to generalize, you know. I'm sure you have a niche in your work, too. Right, right. And I think that's how you stand out. Do you feel that's part of it? or? Yeah, that has a lot to do with it, too. Um, But I guess it's all about who you know as well. Let's just say mm. there's like 10 professors and you guys all teach the same exact topic. But what if your friends refer you to like, 
a celebrity or someone else. It's just like yeah. you have to like stand apart from them, but like very little way. I don't think nothing crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you mentioned you use networking a lot to mm -hmm. develop your brand. Mm -hmm. How did it start from that show, the reality show? Or... Yeah, I think it started from there. Like, you know, how do I explain this? I'm always, I come from nothing. So me hearing no is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. I heard no my entire life, you know, growing up, like, you know, like my mom not having good credit. No, can't get the car, can't get the apartment. You know, it's just like, no, 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 no. We get, we figure it out later, but it was always like, no, 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 you know? So what I'm saying is like, when you network, you go to a room and you see someone, it's like, just go up to them and say, hi, like, what's the worst you can hear is no. And if they say no, you should try. You know, oh my God, I was with, in the room with, with President Obama and I, I could ask for a picture, but I didn't because I was too scared. What, what the, why don't you just go ask? Because what if he said, yeah, then you would picture Obama on your page. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? So for me, even sometimes I even get nervous still because I've worked with a lot of celebrities. There's still some celebrities I haven't worked with. So I've seen a couple recently and I'm like, oh my God, I'm sitting next to this person. What do I do? What do you mean? What do you do, Jessica? You do what you always do. You go up and say hi, but it's still like a subconscious feeling of still like, oh, do they really bother right now? But you still have to push through it. You have to just push through it and just do it because what can happen on the flip side, you'll never know, you know? Yeah. yeah. So when you see someone, you just go up to them and so say hi. Hi, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just you have to just reach out, and I do it all the time. That works a lot, and I think especially in this age we live in, you know, not so many people approach no people in the person. No. Like I'm also very social and outgoing person, mm -hmm. and if I I I'm the same way. If I see someone, I do it. And the way I look at it and I explain, you know, networking is not about asking for a job no. or, you know, like yeah. having a favor is about building a relationship. Amen. You know, so it's about you being interested in the other person and they might be interested in you later on. And mm -hmm. you develop that relationship till, you know, you find something, something will come out of it eventually. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and what you said also, Jessica, I have an example, which is very interesting that I think really changed my mind about networking. Wow. When I um I used to do some volunteer work at the jail with inmates. Oh, no way. Yeah. That so I was cool. Yeah. And I remember there was this one, two inmates I would see kind of every week. I'm listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, they were all, always, you know, very positive, like motivational and would always Whenever I go, they would say things positively to me, you know? Right. I really enjoy my time there. So uh, how did you... I did it for like two years. No way. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's amazing. How did you get started going there? So at the time, I was uh, going to this Persian, like Iranian church, which they used to go there. Mm -hmm. And um, I asked one time the pastor, I was like, hey, I'd like to come and check it out to see how it is, you know? And I was like, okay, I can get you like one day pass. I was like, sure. Mm -hmm. And I went there and I realized like, you know, I remember still the first person I saw, he was 19 year old guy who drank drive and had an accident and unfortunately killed a person. Oh no. Yeah. And at the time I was, I think 24 or five years old. So when I look at him and start talking with him, I was so inspired about what happened about what happened and kind of thought to myself this could have happened to me right not that i drink and drive but right. i mean it can't happen to anyone i think it was a mistake that he made <laughs> right in his life exactly <laughs> and sad. yeah it is so um 
I, when I was walking out, I saw that this can be something I can do. You know, I would love to go back. So I asked for another and then, Mm -hmm. Is it easy to get? I want to go. You still go? uh, well, I'll tell you what happened. So <laughs> I got, you know, as I say, I started to build relationship with even the deputies, you know, et cetera. So they gave me a whole pass of, um, uh, they gave me a whole pass to to go there whenever I want, you know, etc. Right. And I started to see so many emails. I would go usually on Saturdays mm -hmm. and do some, you know, therapy. And then I started doing some art therapy. Do you know what And art therapy is? Art Just, therapy? No, yeah. you just do artists. Basically, yeah, therapy art therapy is when you use art uh, as a way, you know, for a therapy. Instead of like sitting and talking with them, you know, you ask them to draw something or write. Mm -hmm. And then because I believe through their art, people express themselves, right? And right. many of the things they express is on their sub subconscious mind. So you can know a lot about the person. Right. And that really turned on into like a big movement. I hosted an art show in Melrose based on their artwork. Yeah, it was doing so well. I, you know, I remember when I, were, I was going there, I would see inmates running to their cells to show me their artwork and, you know, writings. That's so amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, but I was saying this one time I went to one of these guys and we were talking and I said, yeah, you know, I went to this event. Right. And I meet this person. It was a memorial of a famous actor and her mom was there giving a speech. Right. So afterward, I just went and, you know, I introduced myself like same thing. And she was like interested. I was telling actually her about my work with inmates and she was interested. So I was like, I was telling this guy, hey, you know, I don't know if I should reach out, you know, to her. I feel like, and he was like, hey, you know, you have a no before you ask. And the worst is you still have the no. Right. But there's a possibility that you'll have a yes. So why don't you just, you know, go for it. And that really changed my mindset, honestly, because in my mind, I was like, That's so true. Like you haven't know already. Oh, and if you even ask no, it's going to be there. But I mean, many times it's a yes. Most of the time it's a yes. Exactly. Most of the time it's yeah. a yes. So why don't you just try? Just ask. Right. And you'll, you never know what will come out. Never know. Yeah. Literally. I love that. That's good. But the same. So you're not going to jail anymore. No. So after a while, you know, it was turning into this really like, I could see a lot of them where, having you know that they were healing a right. lot of good experiences and few times some of the deputies on the floor they were like hey you know you are becoming too friendly with them i was like i feel you yeah yeah he yeah. was like oh and then one day i went and so we cannot let you go in <laughs> i was like why <laughs> it's, like, it's like we tell you later they never told me they I never think they just you're not you're kind of like a distraction I don't know what happened, but I mean, I heard from a lot of inmates there that they the system is set up in a way they don't want them to be healed. Really? Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, horrible. yeah. So it's it's a way, you know, when they go, of course, to prison. I don't know if you know, but they ask them to work and they pay them like 10 cents per hour. No. Yeah. In a lot of uh, prisons, that's what they do. So the, there is that issue where they don't feel... Uh, I don't think they really want them to to be to be healed because yeah. jail. That's what jail is for for punishment. So, Jessica, how do you think our purpose influences us as individuals? 
Um, I mean, it, it gives us something to, sorry, it gives us something to wake up to every day, I would say. Like, at least you wake up and you know what you're, what you want to do, but people have a hard time figuring out what, the, what their purpose is. Even for me, I'm like, I'm like, mom, I want to do this. I want to do this. She's like, Jessica, you want to do everything. What's the one thing you could focus on? I'm like, gosh, I just kind of like let the universe do its thing. And that's when I fell into what I'm doing now, but it was never a plan for me to do shoes or anything. I was just doing clothing. I had an online boutique. I just want to have an online store and make money. Never wanted to get this far into the business. And it turned into like this whole thing, you know? <laughs> and I'm excited and I love my career. I love what I do. And it's finally given me a reason to like, you know, be more excited about life. Because at that time I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? Just get married and just marry a rich guy? No. Mm. I'm on my own company, I'm on my own business, I'm on my own thing. I just didn't know what that looked like. Mm. Yeah. So the universe has kind of led me to what he wanted me to do. So then, it takes me back to me wanting to be like a host and I really, really wanted to be a host and it wasn't aligning with the universe. I mm. was doing a couple of things, but there was no show that really said, okay, you're hired. Like, cause there was no hosting agents back then really. And even now there's not a lot of hosting agents. So um, I remember when E! News called me to be on their show as like an in a person they were interviewing. I'm like, this is kind of crazy. Like God didn't want me to be the person on the other side. He wanted to be the other person, the talent. And that's kind of like what I had Did to you know that? Yeah. Show? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's called, um, what the fashion on E mm. and they interviewed me when JLo wore my shoes they had me on there and they said oh yeah Jessica put shoes on JLo like we have Jessica Rich the designer here and I'm like this is insane mm. <laughs> so you feel when you have a purpose it gives you excitement mm -hmm. and something to look forward to. yeah and no matter what like if it's a good or bad day because you're gonna have both yeah at least you know inside that you know what your purpose on this earth is right now you know what mm. I mean and now I'm getting to the point where it's like I want to get back like I've always wanted to get back but Finding where to give back was my struggle. And I told myself next year, I'm going to start a nonprofit for young girls and like people, girls who don't have shoes and like just families who are like low income. I want to start gifting shoes to mothers and things like that and making like gym shoes and like kids shoes and just start really giving out free shoes to people who need them, you know, because mm. there's so many people walking around with no shoes. They have on socks only and like, yeah, you know, we spend money on like designer things and like all that. It's like, let's really like focus on what's important, right? Is that going to be within U.S. or more like third world countries? Or third world. Yeah. I'm definitely down to do something in the U.S. as well. Um, even for like prom prom season, mm. like low-income families who can't afford, you know, shoes for their, you know, prom. I went to prom. Um, that's my first like real date, I guess you'd say. <laughs> my mom was very strict on me. I couldn't date until I was 18. But I remember prom night was like a thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, what shoes am I going to wear? And guess what shoes I wore at prom? Steve mm. Madden shoes. Wow. But then I'm doing a Steve Madden collaboration with him now. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's so funny. the way the universe is like, yeah, insane. <laughs> I think you never know, you know, like I, I was listening to this person was saying, you know, the God gives you the vision and the ending in your mind, but you never know how to get there because, mm -hmm. you know, the plan might be hard. And if you know the plan, you might not do it. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing. Like you have that vision and I do believe if you can see it, it's possible, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, you need to be, as you said, consistent. And another thing I think with when you have a purpose is, yeah, of course, you have bad and good days. But have you heard the quote that says, the person who has a why can bear anyhow by Nietzsche? Mm -hmm. So it helps you to overcome circumstances and challenging times as well. You have to really stay true to your, like, I remember in the, like, the darkest, hardest times and the, the worst days, you have to really, like, 
it's you and it's just you and God. I'm very Christian, so it's like mm-hmm. you and God. Like, okay, God, why am I going through this? What, like, why are you taking this? Like, I've had times where I'm like, oh my, God, am I losing my brand? Like, there's times that I've had so many like stresses, but no one would ever know. But it's like you have to really like be strong and just know that if you're a self entrepreneur, it's never gonna be easy. And that's why you're successful because like entrepreneurs, there's like only so many of us that can really be on their own and not depend on like a nine to five. But what comes with not having a nine to five is all the stress that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. So it, it, it has its gifts and it also has its like downsides too. So you think that faith can help you? In that faith sense? is very important, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to where a guy will send me signs, like literally I'll like think of something like, oh no, and then I'm like, oh my God, it's not gonna work. And then the next day I'll get like an email or something. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, okay, okay, great, I'm fine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The very next day the confirmation comes right back. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I think on that sense too what do you think jessica our purpose can help others in what way does that impact or influence them um i would say like if people look up to you you know if people look up to what you're doing in your movement then that can influence people trying to get to where you're at i guess you'd say and you almost be like an example and a light for others because mm-hmm. I look up to people that I want to be like like Tom Ford's my muse I'm obsessed with Tom Ford mm-hmm. <laughs> he's an American designer who paved the way when people said he couldn't do that because he wasn't from like Europe and stuff because usually like you know big designers are only from like Europe and London and like overseas but he was like born in Texas you know took over Gucci creative director like, made a huge like movement and then he started his own brand and it was just he just sold it for billions of dollars so mm. you know it's just you have to have someone you look up to to keep your your like faith like yeah you know. so you feel others people's purpose or our purpose can inspire others mm. in a way mm-hmm. and that's how it works that's how it, yeah that's how the universe works for mm. sure Mm-hmm. So Jessica, this this has been a nice conversation and I've been enjoying it. So for the last question, I think I'd like to ask you if you would suggest one act of kindness, what would that be? One act of kindness what would have to be just, I mean, for me, I'm very like, I'm, I'm very vocal. So like when you see someone walking on the street and they look great, just say, hey, you look nice today because you never know what someone's going through. And I notice when I do that, they'll be like, like, are you talking to me? Mm. People are so not used to anyone talking to them or even giving them compliments anymore. Especially here. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, we're yeah. in LA, the biggest city in the world when it comes to looking good. And when you give someone a compliment, they get startled. That's sad. Yeah. Why do we why do we get dressed up every day or just like take care of ourselves for people not just tell us that we look good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? You know, especially like I've been, you know, like been to countries like South America, like, you know, Colombia, those countries. Yeah. People are so nice. Like when you, they walk, say hi, they smile, you know, like <laughs> here, everyone is so like, I'm like, these people are kind of mad with their life. <laughs> right, they're like, don't say hi. You're like, okay, hi. <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> yeah, just give someone a compliment, honestly. And then you ever know, make someone's day. Like mm-hmm. when they really spent like five or six hours on their hair that day and they had the worst... This is, there's been times that even I had the worst day ever. And I'm like, okay, I've just got the salon. You know, I feel good. And I get a really bad phone call. And I'm like, fuck, you mm-hmm. know? And someone says, oh, you look great. I'm like, oh, thank you. It's really... Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. Compliment goes a long way. Yeah, it really does. It really, really does, for sure. Great. Thank you for being here. Thank Let's you go. for having me. It's been such a long <laughs> scheduling process. I'm so happy to be here finally. And I'm so excited to do podcasts. It's like something I'm getting into. Of course. Yeah. So I'll be back anytime. All right. <laughs> for sure. <laughs>
Okay, now I have one of my current students here. Camille, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Professor Pekar. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm, I'm doing really good. Thank you. Camille, thank you for being here. I just want to uh, please introduce yourself and give us one value that's important to you. Right. So like Professor Pekar said, my name is Camille. I live in Northern Virginia, about an hour outside of D.C., um, I'm currently a third year student here at Pepperdine University. I will be done in December. Um, very excited. Um, I uh, graduated uh, my, oh, in clinical psychology. I'm getting my degree right now. My undergrad degree was from George Mason in uh, criminology and legal studies. Um, and it's something I value yes. is uh, authenticity. Authenticity. Is there a certain reason? That's a very good value. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of things in the way of me being able to be authentic in my life that I'm that I've really worked hard on and removing in the last couple of years. And it's been very refreshing getting to know an authentic iteration of myself. Um, and it's also something I really value in other people as well. Like it's something that really comes across. Um, you can tell when people are being inauthentic and especially in our career field, it's important that our clients feel the authenticity, right? Right. Totally. Uh, well, first of all, happy early graduation, Camille. I know it's <laughs> my class, your last class this time. Yes. <laughs> so hopefully you do well. I'm not promising. <laughs> I, I, luckily, I have a job lined up, so I'm oh. very excited. Okay, great. I'm glad to hear. Thank Actually, you. Camille, you know, today we we're talking about the influence of purpose. And I think it's kind of related to what you said about being authentic. Because for me personally, what purpose means is something that is special to us right as individuals so uh, in my opinion we all have different purposes that when we leave those purposes we feel authentic and we feel that we are who we are um so i want to see how you define purpose and what if you, what kind of influence does it have in your life good question how would i define purpose um i would define it as a reason to behave in a certain way purpose is what drives us um i feel like purpose can come from a lot of external influences internal influences um it stems from what we value or what we're taught to value um and then how do i find my purpose um i think that over time my i feel like my my sense of purpose has definitely shifted. I, I feel like I've always been a caretaker. Um, and within that, there was this sort of lack of taking care of myself, right? Uh, but luckily, over the years, I've, I've, I've really started to prioritize my own well-being as well. Um, and so having the purpose of not only taking care of others, but putting myself first as well is not selfish. Mm -hmm. Um but is an integral part of learning how to take care of other people, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a very um interesting journey, a really challenging journey to sort of shut down all the thoughts of take care of other people to my own detriment. Um, but learning how to take care of myself and what that looks like in a healthy way uh has been uh wonderful. Uh, I've really grown in that. 
But it's also interesting, Camille, that you have chosen a field that you still take care of people, right? Like, emotionally, etc. I'm sorry. No, no, does that happen? Like, you think there's a connection there? Yeah, so I think it's really funny that you bring that up. Um, I've definitely learned through um, a couple, you know, I'm obviously in therapy. Um, I've definitely learned that part of being a therapist is frankly that response of, being a caretaker right um and for a long time that it for a long time that was like i said a very not it's a it, it was an excuse for me to not take care of myself was to dive into other people but i think becoming more self-aware of what that looks like in terms of taking care of myself in the field of mental health is modeling behavior is really important for our clients too more importantly, I can't take care of anybody if I'm not taken care of, like I mentioned earlier. But um, I definitely see it as a response. And for a while, I was a little resentful at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but learning to accept that, hey, you're good at taking care of people. And this is an asset. Um, and being on both sides of the coin uh, are something that we can pass along to other people, you know? Right. I think, as you mentioned, too, it becomes a problem when there is an extreme, right? Mm-hmm. When we try to take care or help others so much that we forget ourselves in the middle of that. So that's when it becomes a problem. But I think that's such a great quality to have, to be a caring person, basically. Yeah. That black and white thinking will really get you um, of yeah. the extremes that you were mentioning um, has been it's been very interesting because I I'm very prone to black and white thinking, but over the past couple of years, like I said, I've been doing a lot more reflection and inner, inner, inner reflection. Um, the spectrum has changed from black and white to a lot more rainbow, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more colors in the spectrum. So I think learning more middle ground is definitely, um, very important to my well being, And it's important to teach other people that, you know, there's not only two options. Right. And also, Camille, the way I also see purpose, I don't know if you agree, but it's about service, right? And that service can look like taking care of people in a way, right? right. So uh, I wonder if you define that in the same way. And if so, what would be a, the way for you to serve others or, you know, with, with your education, with your practice, etc.? Well, I think it would be hard to not serve people in my in the field I've chosen. Yeah. Um, I think that what I define purpose as being of service, I feel like you can derive purpose from being of service um, in my definition. And, you know, it's a part, I think it's a part of our evolutionary uh, field, a part of our projection, projection, you know what I mean? Trail Mm -hmm. Um, to want to help other people. Um, It's important that we help other people to keep our species alive for a long time. So of course it's gonna help us feel good because then they're gonna wanna keep on doing it and then our species grows. Um, But I also think that I definitely derive a lot of satisfaction from helping people. That's why I chose this field. Um, A part of the reason why I also chose this field was because I felt the impact Mm. of how somebody helped me, um, how that was like for for me. And I wanted to give that gift to other people as well. Yeah. connectivity with people um helping them understand themselves helping them understand how outside influences affect them and how they understand themselves 
Right. And something interesting, I'm sure you realize that too, as a therapist, you learn so much too about yourself when you're with client, because you see a lot of things that are happening in the room. We call it counter transference, but that happens, right? Where you kind of look at yourself sometimes in clients and what they're doing. And you're like, wow, like, you know, uh, sometimes even I find solutions to my own things when I talk with clients or they bring up their problem, because many times you see yourself in them and you're like, wow, this is something I should do too. Yeah. Or somebody will be going through something very similar to you. Yeah. And you get a completely different perspective on it. Exactly. Um, And, and you're like, oh, I never saw it that way. And in its own weird way, you get to sort of resolve a lot of the challenges you face in your own life through the therapy, through, through, through being a clinician. Exactly. Uh, but you process that on your own, <laughs> not in the room. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, so uh, Camille, thank you for being here. And for the last question, uh, this is something we ask all the guests is if you can recommend one act of kindness, what would that be? I would recommend that, um, I recommend giving somebody a call just out of the blue just to say hi. Right. You really, yeah, I mean, how many times do you get a call just to say hi? You never do. Everybody just wants something. So it's very refreshing to get a call just to check up on somebody. Great, great. That's awesome. Thank you, Camille, for being here. Any last words before we finish? No, I just really appreciate you taking the time and inviting me onto this podcast. I really look forward to hearing the responses from people. Of course, Camille. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Professor Pekbar. You too. Thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to be with you in the next episode. And meanwhile, if you want to stay connected, you can reach me via email at contact at parsapekar.com.